Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Um, I was telling Larry, I said, I, I hope I remember how to preach. It's been a while since I've been up here, but it's good to be back up here with you and to be able to share with you today. Over the last few weeks in this summer series, we have been looking at the fruit of the Spirit that are found in Galatians chapter 5. As we begin this time, I want to just remind us what Paul says to the Galatian church and to us. It begins, really the entire paragraph begins in chapter 5, verse 13. It's going to be on your screens, but grab your Bibles if you have them and follow along. We're going to be looking at several different passages of Scripture. Listen to what Paul wrote. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, you will be destroyed by each other. Wow, just pause on that one for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Isn't that what we're seeing in our culture today? All we're doing is biting and devouring one another. We are going after one another. And what does the scripture say will happen? We will be destroyed by that. But Paul goes on to say, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is, let's read these together, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other as we have said each and every week we are called to have these fruit that we are exploring each and every week, evident in our life. And it is very important that we understand that this is not one of those situations where we get to pick and choose which fruit we want to have evident in our life. 
These are all to be evident in a Christ follower's life. Last weekend, after six long weeks, we finally went to Cincinnati to see our little grandbaby again. Let me tell you, I've learned six weeks is a long time. You know, we were excited to go down there, hold her, snuggle with her, just spend time with her, and we got to do that. Man, she changed so much, but this isn't about my grandbaby. But if you want to see pictures, talk to Natalie or I. We would be happy to show them to you later. But last week, we were there in Cincinnati, and we went to Jake and Nicolette and Olivia's church with them. And as I walked into the sanctuary, I noticed up on their stage, it looked a lot like our stage. There were these fruit listed all over the stage. And the, the preacher came up, and he started talking about kindness, my topic for this week. Of course, I thought, well, this is good. I'm going to take some notes. You know, let's let him write my sermon. But I'm not going to steal his sermon. But one of the things that he talked about at the beginning of his sermon I did think was very stealable. He talked about how we so often look at the fruit that are listed in that scripture that are at the beginning, love and joy and peace, and we focus on them. And then we will look at the fruit that are later in there, gentleness and self-control, and we kind of think those are the big important things. Because we learn, you know, as we talk about what's important in speaking, we learn that you hit them hard with the dominant thought, and then you kind of hit them hard at the end with the dominant thought again, and we miss those middle sections. I thought, as I was listening to that, in reality, we still do that today. I think we, as the church in 2022, struggle the most with these next two topics that we're going to look at, kindness and goodness. In all reality, I think we could say it this way, kindness and goodness are not culturally acceptable today. I, I would even say they're probably not culturally acceptable even in the church. Kindness and goodness is something that needs to flow from us and be a part of who we are. I heard one writer say it this way, that kindness is love in action. And I think that's a great line, that kindness is love in action. Because all of these fruit, as we begin to look at them, they all come back to that first fruit that Paul talks about, being love. We have to put love in action, skin on love. But I would add to this writer's line that kindness is love in action that creates a culture of goodness in a Christ followers of life. We can be kind with the things that we want or need. But we oftentimes struggle with making it a part of who we are. Let me illustrate that. You remember when your kids were young? Maybe your kids would come up to you and they would say, Mommy, Daddy, um, you're the best parent in all of the world. 
or mommy, daddy, can I do this for you? You know what you were thinking, don't you? What did you do? What do you want? Do you know what I mean in this? They were being kind because they wanted something. As adults, we still do the same thing, don't we? Maybe it's with our spouses. Maybe it's with our bosses at a job. Maybe it's with our friends. We become nice because we want something out of it. But I think what God is calling us to in the fruit of the Spirit is being kind and being good because that's who we are and whose we are. It needs to be a part of us that kindness and goodness flows from us because that's who we are. I believe these two fruit go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You have to have these and talk about these together. <clears throat> so for that reason, for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at these and using these words kind of interchangeably. In fact, if you look at the Greek words here, I kind of like sometimes going back to the Greek to understand what Paul's talking about and understand it from his perspective. The Greek word that is used for kindness is a word that is used of goodness of heart. And the word that is used for goodness becomes the moral quality of that goodness that we are expressing. It means that we are creating a culture within us that it flows through us. Last year, I think I told you about this, I had a goal of reading 50 books in 2021. I read 62 books in 2021. One day, we were talking about different books in a leadership meeting, and Don Russell shared with me a good book by Scott McKnight. It's called A Church Called Tove. It deals with the abuse and the power in church, and it talks about how to find healing in the church. Tove, T-O-V, is the Hebrew word that is used for good or goodness. So over the next couple of weeks, I want to kind of walk through some things that I learned in that book that I think is imperative for us as individuals looking at these fruit of the Spirit to put into practice in our lives. But I'm going to be even more specific. I think it's imperative for us as a church to put these in practice. You don't have to look very far. The church is being beaten and destroyed around the world. Some of the reasons that it's being beaten and destroyed is because of things that are out of our control. But can I be honest? Some of the things are because of how we respond and how we act and how we are not demonstrating kindness and goodness in the world around us. We need to be a place where people see God's love expressed and God's love lived out. We do that by putting skin on love and being kind and good to people. I 
think we find it in three ways today. God alone, we need to understand, is tov. Remember what the word means? God alone is good. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 68. He said, you are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. He's talking to God. God, you're good. And everything you do is found, find, we find goodness. Teach that to me. In the book of Exodus, as Moses stood on Mount Sinai and is dialoguing with God, do you remember this, this story in the book of uh, Exodus where Moses and God are talking and Moses says to God, show me your glory. And God says to Moses, you can't handle it. You can't see my full glory. It would consume you. And Moses says, I'll hide in the cleft of the rock. Let me just see the backside of your glory. And in verse 19, this is what God says to Moses. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. When thinking about the Israelites, Joshua, after Moses has died, and now Joshua takes the Israelites into the promised land, we read these words in Joshua 21. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. God is a promise keeper that shows his goodness to us, and he fulfills that goodness to us. The psalmist says it this way in Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. My friends, when we don't understand how to be good, we need to run to the one who is good. We need to run to God. One of the things I have learned as I have matured in my life, that translates into gotten older, is that if I want to learn how to do something, I find someone that does it well, and I learn from them. If I want to learn how to be good, I need to run to God, and I need to learn from him and see how he is good. Did you hear some of the things by being a promise keeper, by always finding compassion and love, by being the presence that people can find strength and hope, by being calm, by being present. Be good. The second thing that I need to, we need to understand is that God's design for us and for the world is tov, is good. When God created it in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we read all of those things, the six days of creation and then the seventh day of rest. We read for the first five days, God created, and do you rem 
remember what he said? It is, do you know what he said? It is tov. On the fifth day, or on the sixth day, when God created male and female, do you remember what he said? It is, I didn't hear, I heard one word, I heard a couple, tell me what he said. It is very good. It is very tov. From the very beginning of creation, God was about making things good. Tov. One commentator said, from the very beginning in creation, God's desire was to make things beautiful and excellent. That's a totally different picture and perspective that we look at. Scott McKnight writes it this way, when we live according to God's design, we become people who love. God's ultimate design is for us to love. When an expert of the law asked what it takes to receive God's approval, what did Jesus tell them? Jesus said, love God and love others. This is what I have called the Jesus Creed. Loving God and loving others is all we are called to do, though it is all, though it is an all, I can't read my own writing, though it is an all that goes to the depths of our being and transforms our character into love. To love is to be good. We need to understand that we have to choose kindness and goodness in a dark and dirty world. People hurt us all the time. The old phrase that I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt is so true. Hurt people hurt people. And how do we respond to people that hurt us? Oftentimes we lash out. I believe what God tells us. The design is we have to find a way to build bridges. We have to find a way to build opportunities to show kindness and goodness even in the midst of hurt. But I believe there's another aspect here. Goodness or tov is active. Tov is God's design for our moral virtues. Tov is something that happens, something that is visible, something that is skin in the world around us. In the New Testament, we see Jesus as being active in loving kindness. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 10. I believe this is one of the greatest examples of God's love and his goodness to the world around us. John chapter 10, we read these words. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought them out on his own, he goes on ahead of them, 
and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Do you see what's happening here in this text? It's exactly what we see in the world today. God has called us to be his hands and feet in the world today, to be his voice. Why has the world stopped listening to the church? Because they don't know us any longer. Because we are no different than anybody else in the world. We are a strange voice that no one will follow. It goes on to say this. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd is not, and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock, the, attacks the flock and scatters it. But the man who runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to me, my voice, and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is this, that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up. This is my command that I receive from my Father. I believe we are called to be transformed and allow the fruit of kindness and goodness to echo throughout our lives. But it doesn't come naturally. It's the Spirit that is at work in us and through us. We are naturally people that hurt. We are naturally selfish people that seek the things that we want. But God says he wants to transform us by modeling it through Jesus. Jesus came, he conquered, he lived, and he called us to follow him. And he calls us to be the beacon and light in the world around us. In Matthew chapter 5, as Jesus is giving that great sermon on the mount, Jesus said to them, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun 
to rise on evil and good and sends the rain on the righteous and unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what, re what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more for others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So I want to get very practical here at the end of the sermon in about two minutes. And I want to give you three things that I want to encourage you to do this week. These are not just theoretical things. These are things that I want to encourage you to put some skin on being kind and good in the world around you. Church, people need this today. The world is hurting. The world is struggling. They need someone to stand up and show them truth. And that begins in the life of the church today. The first thing is this. Pray that you can be more kind this week. I, I have to tell you, when you pray for kindness, it changes your attitude. Maybe there's someone specific that you need to be kind to this week. Maybe you need to pray specifically for that person. Let me tell you, when you do that, God is going to transform you and give you opportunities to actually be kind to that person. So you better be ready. But that begins to put the skin on what's going on. Kindness and goodness. The second thing, I want to encourage you to pause and acknowledge God's kindness and goodness to you. How often do we just stop and look around and look at all of the wonderful things that God has done for us. How often do we just sit and commiserate about all that's wrong? Anybody do that consistently? Let's be honest. We all do, don't we? We can give you the litany of all of the things that are bad or wrong or things that we would like to change, but can we give the same list of how blessed we are, how wonderful things are, how God has blessed us beyond measure. You know, I have to be honest, one more granddaughter story. Last week, last weekend, I was holding Olivia, and I was patting her, and I was trying to get her to fall asleep. Natalie may have a picture or two of Olivia falling asleep, and Pops falling asleep too in the midst of that. But I was thinking to myself as I was sitting there holding my granddaughter. Our daughter-in-law lost two babies the year before we had Olivia. And I realized for some reason at that exact moment I knew Olivia was a blessing. But I truly stopped and I just paused and I thought to myself and I prayed God thank you for Olivia 
she is beyond measure a blessing that my son and daughter-in-law wondered if they would ever get to hold. We need to do those kind of things in our lives. Pause and look around at how God has blessed us. Look at his creation. Look at the blessings that we have. Oh, we can drive by the gas pumps and we can think almost $5 a gallon and we can yell and scream or we can simply pause and say, you know what? I'm glad that I live in America that I don't have to worry sometimes where the next gallon of gas is going to come from. We are blessed. The third thing that I want to encourage you to do is seek opportunities to demonstrate kindness and goodness to someone who is unsuspecting this week. Now I know a lot of people talk about, you know, you're at Starbucks and you pay for the guy's coffee behind you. That's great. Do those kind of things. But I want to encourage you to go deeper than just that. Maybe it's choose this week to spend a significant amount of time with someone by just being present, listening, and hearing what's going on in their lives. Maybe it's that person that I told you you need to pray specifically for. Maybe it's a child that you just need to be present for. Maybe it's your spouse. I don't know who it is, but find someone to be radically unsuspectingly kind and good to this week. You see, when we begin to look for opportunities of kindness and look for opportunities of goodness, guess what? God will give them to us. And it will change our attitude. From the very beginning, God has said that it is important that we put skin on these fruits that they become evident in our lives and through our lives. And the only way that we do that is when we choose to be like God has called us to be. Will you pray with me? Those that are prepared to do communion, if you would prepare to get ready for that as well. God, I thank you for the skin that you are challenging us to put on. I pray that you will help us to be people that are more loving and kind and good to those around us. Father, we need goodness and kindness so much in the world today. And I pray that you will help us to demonstrate that this week in significant ways. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As our servers begin to take and give you our communion emblems, you know, we talked a few minutes ago that Jesus is the greatest example of this. Jesus truly put skin on what loving kindness is all about. He demonstrated love, goodness, and kindness in that while we were still sinners, 
He died for us to give us hope. And each and every week as we come around this table, we remember that sacrifice. We remember that gift. But it has to be more than just remembering it. It has to be us choosing to do something about it. To be the hands and feet. To be the loving place that people find strength and comfort. On that night when Jesus was in the upper room eating, Jesus took the bread. He passed it to his disciples saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And in a similar manner, he took the cup, passed it to the disciples, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many. As often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, 